This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by Kaleida Health. Hour number three on a Buffalo Victory Monday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on One Bills Live. And join now, making his weekly appearance after every Bills game. It is Bills legend and radio color analyst Eric Wood joining us on the line. Eric, thanks for doing it, first of all. And second, I want to start with the defensive front. Is that one of the best or better defensive line performances of the season. They're, they have not been few and far between. There have been some good ones. That one was pretty darn dominant and pretty darn physical yesterday. It was, and that's without Von Miller. Second straight week without Von Miller, and we're not going to have him back for the remainder of the season. So we needed production out of this defensive group um, that's left there on the defensive line. This is a, uh, a room that still has four new free agents from last year, even without Von Miller, that fifth one, uh, not in the lineup. And yes, they were physical throughout the game. I thought they were physical as well against the Patriots last week. You know, there maybe there's a lot being said nationally about how the Bills would fare without Von Miller for the rest of the year, and, and maybe they've taken it personally. But um, you know, Ed Oliver continues plays extremely well. The defensive ends cause consistent pressure. Those guys on the interior, even without Jordan Phillips, were able to allow a guy like a Matt Milano to continue to thrive. And part of the reason that these linebackers, Tremaine Evans and Matt Milano, have both have had such excellent seasons this year is because of the play of those defensive tackles inside. So, yes, this was this was a very impressive performance, again, and part of the main reason that's the defense only gives up 10 points on the day. Yeah, and I, I thought Ed Oliver, he never shows up, he doesn't show up too much on the stat sheet, but I thought Ed Oliver played on the Jets' side of the line of scrimmage a ton yesterday and he's becoming the guy we thought he would be, that knifing three technique who, you know, it's hard for those defense, those offensive linemen to get a hand on him and, and break his momentum. Uh, he, his penetration is what led to uh, Greg Rousseau's first sack as he flushed Mike White out of the pocket. Talk a little bit about those defensive tackles, uh, Ed Oliver in particular, about how the, the kind of game they're playing. 
Yeah, Ed Oliver's playing excellent lately. And, you know, Thanksgiving was a great example of it when he was the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. But his strong plays continued. I thought the second half of last season was Ed Oliver's best ball of his career. And then he's continued it through a majority of this year. He has that ankle sprain early in the season, hampers him a little bit. But he's playing really good football right now. And I believe we talked about it on the show last week that great pass rushing defensive lines at times are led by a three technique that that knifing defensive tackle that you're referring to Steve you look at a Rams team last year Aaron Donald their best pass rusher the Eagles when they win the Super Bowl Fletcher Cox was their best pass rusher and sometimes the the defensive ends get the sacks because they're running the edge and while you know Mike White has to scramble in the pocket he's got a maneuver he can get around and Ed Oliver he's in his vision it's those guys coming around the edge that get to clean up in those instances Greg Rousseau has two sacks yesterday Shaq Lawson gets one I think Shaq Lawson quietly has been one of the best players on this Bills defense all year when they've struggled to stop the runs that run at times Shaq Lawson's that physical DN presence and then he's also shown that he's still capable of rushing the passer at this point of his career and so really happy for Shaq Lawson I know he was excited after the game to talk about a team that cut him last year and to be able to have a sack against them but whether or not he made that sack or not his presence has been felt throughout this season and and what an addition he's been to this team let's flip it over to the other side of the ball and another thing that you and I mentioned on the pregame roundtable Eric was that we felt the soft underbelly of this Jets defense which is a top five unit was coverage at the second level and I felt like and this is hard to decipher granted I feel like Ken Dorsey built check down options into the game plan for Josh Allen in week nine. I want to believe there was some of that yesterday, but at times Josh chose again, much like he did in week nine to push the ball down the field and try to get it all in one place. So to speak, how as a coach like Ken Dorsey, for example, do you try to strike a balance with a quarterback as talented as Josh is and convince him maybe on a game where you're facing a defensive line of this caliber to stay on schedule and take the little chunks instead of trying to get it all in one play. Yeah, we talked about that on the roundtable before the game, and that's backed up with statistics and analytics. When you look at this Jets defense, the majority of the yards that they've given up in the passing game is kind of at that linebacker level or attacking Michael Carter in the slot. DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, excellent cornerbacks outside. Teams just haven't been able to get a lot of yards outside. Part of that's due to their pass rush as well. They get home. Generally, it's longer developing on the outside when you're going to get open. And so the 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 easiest way to make yards in the passing game is a lot of times attacking the middle of that of that field and you know the bills are very close in that first half it's a john brown ball that he just doesn't come down with and it's josh and steph missing that first third down of the game when michael carter trips and falls or else or else we might be looking at Steph Diggs over 100 yards again. He probably grabbed 60 on that play alone with Carter on the ground. And so it's very close there. Um, it was very close, especially in the first half, to being a productive half, but it wasn't, you know, and because uh, they don't make those two plays. As far as calling those plays, and, and we've talked about it before, you don't want to take away Josh's aggressiveness, but at times what the defense gives you is that check down, especially when the running zone, there's, you know, you can't cover everything. If you're taking away the deep ball, generally the underneath stuff is there. And yesterday, just unable to convert on a lot of those to in, in you know, not a very productive day on offense. And part of the reason you get the win is that you have zero turnovers and the Jets have two. 
But in that same instance, you want to stay aggressive, limit the turnovers, but stay aggressive. And it's a balance you're looking for each and every week. And as a play caller, you're generally calling plays that have different in the past game, different dimensions on each play. I mean, there, there are plays where it's a play action rollout and it's generally, you know, flat to, to the over route, but, but majority of pass plays have an element of taking a shot and then a check down and, yesterday just bad execution and without looking at the film specifically i haven't seen the coach's copy yet but as the game went on i felt like and i even said it before a few of the plays they would get in an empty set digs in the slot i'm like well here we go this is this is going to be easy easy pickings in the middle of the field and just at times it was it's just a, a lack of execution right and you, you get into a game like this you're playing a a, a top-flight defense in the New York Jets. It's 32 and raining slash snowing. Um, how much of that do you chalk up to the way the Bills played, plus a 10-day layoff? They looked a little rusty. They didn't, you know, offsides, false starts, holding, uh, that kind of thing offensively anyway. You know, Josh missing that first third down, as you mentioned. How much of that is the conditions and the defense you're playing, and how much of it is the Bills? And if it's the Bills, how concerned are you? Well, I mean, yesterday, it both sides of the ball looked like that ball was slick and, and very tough to catch. And I made a point during the broadcast, the way the balls come out to start the series, sometimes it's easiest to throw on that first play of the series before that ball hits the ground again, before it gets slick. The refs had a towel out there for majority of the game. They're trying to draw that ball, dry that ball off, but it, 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 it can often be that's the easiest ball to complete is that first ball of the drive when it's still – um, fairly dry coming in from the sideline. And so um, yeah, regardless of the conditions yesterday, I saw it posted today, the Bills have the second most drops in all of the NFL. So, you know, we have a slick conditions yesterday, but as far as a full sample size of a season, we have the second most drops in the league, I believe, behind Green Bay. And it's talked at length about how Aaron Rodgers can't find guys that can catch the ball consistently. And, and we're right on their heels. We're one off of them with 23 drops on the season yesterday. It was a big deal. Isaiah McKenzie had two third down drops and Isaiah had been trending in a very positive direction the previous two weeks. And then coming into yesterday's game, they relied on him a little bit. Well, two third downs. Well, the Bills go two for 13 on third down in the game. And this is a team that coming into the game was number one in the NFL in third down conversions. You can't drop those balls in the in those situations. Or if the conditions are so bad, then you got to find other ways to move the sticks. Yeah, and that's why seven of their 13 third down opportunities were third and nine or more. And it's hard to win, especially against a D-line like that when you're in third and long and behind the sticks as much as they were. Despite all of that, it's four wins in a row, two division wins in a row to even their division record at two and two. And, and they're at the top of the conference, as we know, Eric. Their conference record is a, is a conference best seven and two. They have the highest strength of victory in the league, and they're tied for the highest strength of schedule in the league with the 10 and three record. So while the offense may not have been airtight yesterday, they took care of business. And now if they can get one more division win on this three week stretch, they will put themselves three games clear of their next closest pursuer, Miami.
Yeah, we can we can gripe about the lack of production on offense yesterday, but they get another win against a quality Jets football team in sloppy conditions when you're not playing your best ball. I think situationally, the Bills lately have been playing very good football, and that's part of the reason why they've been able to reel off four in a row, even if it hasn't been the prettiest mm, highlight reels at the end of the game. And, and part of the reason is the Bills this season have scored 62 points in the last two minutes of the first half this season. That's the most in the NFL. They're scoring points before the end of the half, and, and maybe that leads to, hey, should the Bills run a little bit more hurry-up offense throughout the course of a game? But they're playing very good ball at the end of the first half, so they're generally putting up points there. Uh we had won three coin tosses in a row, so we were doing well with the kind of that double dip opportunity where you get points before the half, then you get the ball to start the second half. Lately, turnovers haven't been an issue. Two turnovers in the last four games. And then yesterday, the Bills go one for two in the red zone. Their red zone touchdown percentage is climbing. And so they're starting to score touchdowns at a higher clip in the red zone, not turning the ball over as much, playing good situational football. So even on those days where you're not playing your best ball, you're, you're way less likely uh, to have an upset opportunity. What would you change about the offense if if you had your druthers? That's a great question. Um, you know, you can you can always point to getting the run game going more, but in and maybe on a day like yesterday, you, you felt like your matchups up front weren't great in the run game, and the run game wasn't consistent at all. But you'd love to get that run game going a little bit more in, in games like yesterday. It's potentially going under center a touch more to get some of that hard play action. But, you know, Bills come into the NFL, you come in yesterday to, you know, with a top five offense in the league. So they're playing good football, um, you know, moving step digs around, finding those matchups, attacking those matchups. Uh, I love the involvement from Dawson Knox yesterday. I like the way they mix up personnel groupings. I, I liked how um, early in the game they had two, they had an end around of McKenzie. They had Hines going across the formation, just continuing to be multiple and attacking the defense in, in all areas of the field. When the check down's there, take it. But, man, this is a big play offense. They had big-time players. Gabe Davis can take the top of the defense. Diggs can as well. John Brown adds some speed to it as well. And so continuing to just stay as multiple as possible and just continue to attack the defense and, and attack the weaknesses. And, and yesterday, without being in the offensive staff meetings, I don't know that the plan wasn't to go in there and say, hey, Williams and Mosley, they're two linebackers. When they're in zone, and the Jets play a ton of zone coverage, yeah. let's attack the middle of the field. And I don't know that that wasn't the game plan or Josh, you know, those guys weren't open. But yesterday in particular, I would like to see them uh, in in kind of an up-tempo offense, really attack the middle of that field. Yeah, only right. four of Josh's pass attempts in the two games against the Jets went to the middle of the field. And there were opportunities, certainly in that first game back in Week 9, to use the middle of the field more. And I did notice, at least from the naked eye watching it live, having not seen the coach's copy yet, about three instances where there was a middle player, a player available in the middle of the field, you mentioned things to do differently. You wanted to go up-tempo offense. There were some times where they went tempo from one play to the next. On one occasion, they forced the Jets to call a timeout. They probably went tempo a handful of other times with limited success. Maybe just explain to the listening audience how that can kind of help kickstart an offense. 
Yeah, it can do, it can do a number of things. Uh, generally, when you're in an up tempo offense, it limits what the defense can do. They they can't be exotic as exotic because they got to get the play call in extremely fast for a defensive line it can tire them out especially a talented group like yesterday it doesn't allow you if you keep the same personnel group on the field it doesn't allow them to get those defensive linemen off the field so it can be easier for the offensive line in those uh times because the defensive line can get tired it gives josh allen more time at the line of scrimmage to then change the play especially at home when he has the full capability of verbally communicating what he wants to check the plays to because as you get to the line of scrimmage faster then you have more time on the play clock and uh to me you know when you have a a, a first half like yesterday no you don't want to go very fast up top offense and go three and out give the ball right back to the jets offense with your defense not having full time to recover but you start the game with five straight punts get a let's switch it up let's let's get in that faster paced offense and, and just see if we can catch some rhythm in a different way. What are one of the, th- what's one of the things that the reasons why you think, and because uh, it's obvious, it's true. The bills are really good right before halftime and at the end of games, particularly offensively. And a lot of it has to do with Josh and his ability to extend plays and make some plays in tight spots, but, and, and t- walk us through why that doesn't happen all the time. Well, I'll say there is a lot of emphasis from the coaching staff having played under Sean McDermott situationally two minute end of half end of game situation are drilled constantly throughout training camp and and even through the regular season. The only time that we would really work starters on starters in the regular season was in those two minute end of game situations where we're getting good quality work and, and constantly repping those situations. So they get a ton of work on that in practice. And then you know, you got, you have a great quarterback and great playmakers and that helps as well in those situations. And, you know, it almost seems like they catch that little bit of urgency right before the half and and not that they don't approach it throughout it, but man, you get in that desperation mode. Um, you know, you got your, uh, you're, you're, you're pressed up against the clock and they get in that up double offense. It's, it's been great for them this year. Let's uh, fast forward to the next game on the docket here, Saturday night on a short week against Miami. Miami probably just touched down at about 6.30 this morning from the West Coast where they dropped their second in a row. Tua has looked rather ordinary the last two weeks. Has Have opposing defenses figured out Tua and how to at least neutralize his effectiveness, which was at a league-leading level? It certainly looks that way. Now they've played couple teams with really good pass rushers and uh, the Chargers and the 49ers. And, and, and part of it's getting home with a four-man pass rush because you bring blitzers against a team like them that have playmakers out in space and two can just get rid of the ball and, and see that pre-snap, he can be effective. But yes, I mean, we all assumed at some point teams would catch on a little bit to what the Dolphins were doing. It took it took a while. And when you have so much speed on the field with Waddle and Hill, it just puts... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So much pressure on a defense, but it seems like teams are starting to slow them down. And now, even in the Miami Sun with a depleted defense, the Bills only gave up 21 points in that game back in September. So it's not like this Miami offense completely lit up this Bills defense. Now the Bills held the ball for a a big chunk of that game. Their time of possession uh, margin was strong in that game. But, you know, the the Bills only gave up 21 points in that game. So bring them into Orchard Park this weekend, potential uh, lake effect snow. You know, you got to like the Bills' chances on defense to be able uh, to have a strong showing against this Miami offense. Yeah, and you're right. Uh, that that game down in Miami, the Bills turned it over in the red zone as well, which um, you know got into the margin of victory as well. This this game this Saturday night, and you've been in them these night games. It's going to be bitter cold late at night, and it's going to be freezing. Uh, but they just went through it this week. How talk a little bit about you know what this is going to do to the Dolphins? They got back to Miami this morning after being on the West Coast for a week or nine days because they went out there for one game, they come home, they belly flop back into their family and their home life, trying to get ready on a short week to come back here to Buffalo. Yeah, that's that's tough to do. Uh, it, it happened to us throughout my career in, in different ways than this, not exact situation, but, and you're also going into conditions that are you're unable to prepare for. You know, we could potentially, you know, if we played down in Miami in November, December, I remember Doug Marone cranking up the heat in the indoor complex so we could acclimate, try and acclimate to getting a good sweat in. I don't care what you do down in Miami. You can turn the air conditioning on in your bubble as low as you want. It's not going to replicate what they're going to be stepping into up in Buffalo. They also, uh, the Bills have had experience playing in the cold this year. The, The number of these guys have experience playing in the cold over the years here in Buffalo. So the Bills should be more acclimated and then, Man, that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. Three straight road games. And shoot, Miami to Buffalo is not that short of a road trip either. That's over a two-hour flight on their charter jet coming up to Buffalo. So it's going to be a grind for them to prepare for this one this week. Now, it's a familiar opponent. Schematically, it's not as difficult when you're facing a team for the second time uh, to prepare for the game from that standpoint. But, you know, you play that night game last night, and then you got six days to to prepare for um, this Bills team, it, that's tough. That's part of the reason you see a fairly even matchup sitting at seven points released on the point spread. Right, and you guys are going to like this one. So last night, it was 55 degrees in L.A. The Dolphins had heaters on their benches for the game in L.A. yesterday. 
I wonder what they're going to have to come up with for, and I don't know if you saw this, Eric, there is a lake effect snowstorm chance on Saturday night. Let's not move this game to a dome. I'll say that, but um, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's uh so I always said during it, during a, a really cold game in Buffalo on the sidelines, it's not too bad. You have the heated benches, you have heat blowing from both sides. You're wearing the parka. And the worst time was if you got out on the field and then it was a TV timeout. So you're just standing out there. It's windy out there on the field. That's the worst time. A number of the guys in the Dolphins have played cold weather games throughout their career. But I, I, I know from experience, those guys do not like coming up to Buffalo in December. It happened throughout my career where the Dolphins would be having a fairly good season and they'd lay down in the second half if you got up on them because they were miserable out there, truly miserable out there playing. And if you're not used to that little bit of a sting that comes with the cold uh, and, and hitting somebody, it, it, it can catch you off guard. Good stuff, Eric. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Travel safe on your way back up here in a few days. Okay, I appreciate it. Have a great week, guys. All right, that's Eric Wood, Bill's radio color analyst, joining us with his view from the booth of yesterday's game, the win over the Jets with the Dolphins on tap. He'll be back here in town before he knows it. Uh, How about that? Dolphins using bench-warming heaters for 55-degree game in L.A. In a stadium that's pretty much indoors dude they get off come that, on they bro get off that game they get off that plane here in buffalo and that 25 degree 15 degree weather slaps him in the face that's what it feels like yeah and we've all been there are yep. you kidding me? and yep. they get off they don't walk up a, a gangway into the airport they walk off the plane down the steps the staircase, in, outside yeah. over to a bus it's cold i bet some of them don't even own coats I'm looking forward to that. Uh, hope it, yeah. Karma is a you-know-what. And if there is any team that had a grossly unfair advantage in terms of heat, it was the Dolphins over the Bills in Week 3, not to mention the roster depletion that the Bills experienced going into that game. So if the and temperature the wants to plummet to 10 on Saturday night, I'm all for it. Do it man. Uh, we got to take a break here. When we come back... It's time for the Maddie Awards, as we do every Monday after Bill's victories. Bill's reporter Maddie Glab joins us next here on One Bill's Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Back on One Bill's Live, Chris Brown, Steve Tasker, and it is that time of the show for the fourth week in a row. The Maddie Awards, presented by Energy Mark, the official energy supplier to the Buffalo Bills. And here to do the honors, of course, is none other than Maddie Glab. Maddie, welcome once again. You have an open invitation every Monday. Just tell the guys to keep on winning. I know. I like this little win streak we got going here, yeah. heading into the final week of our three straight weeks against AFC East opponents, and we've got a lot to celebrate from yesterday's win against the Jets. It's like you're a regular guest. So you know, let's begin awesome. with week our week. first award. It's a 10. It's a 10. You know when you put up those markers? Gymnastics. Somebody has gymnastics or, or diving. for diving. I'm putting up a 10 for Dawson Knox's flipping touchdown into the end zone. Perfect execution. He did his best Josh Allen impression, and he even told everybody about it. 
I loved it. Risking his life a little bit, but you know what? The Bills needed to risk their lives a little bit at this point because it was zero to zero, and they were going punt, 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 punt. So it was time to score, and Dawson Knox did that for this team. Uh, Great to see him get involved. He was the leading receiver. I know he hasn't had the season that he's had last season, so um, great to see him be an answer to when the Bills needed to start going, get things going on offense. Dawson Knox was a part of that. Uh, definitely added some life into the offense when it looked a little bit sleepy, and I would love to see him get folded into this offense more as the season goes on, as we you know crank the regular season down, four games left into the playoffs. I tweeted after he scored this, I tweeted, Dawson flips, Dawson knocks, and Dawson rocks. That's <laughs> exactly how I felt about that play. So yeah, it was a great one. It it's came, a 10. Yeah, it came right at the right time when neither team was every te- – both teams were struggling offensively. And one of the reasons uh, the other team was struggling defensively was your next award, the Feisty Feasters. Feisty Feasters. That's going to our Young Guns. Greg Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa getting after the quarterback. We know without Von Miller, somebody needed to step up. Or multiple people needed to step up on the defensive line. And that's what happened yesterday when A.J. Epinesa and Greg Rousseau hit the field. Each had a forced fumble. Each had a sack. Greg had two. And they both batted a pass down as well. I think this door has been opened for them. It has been opened. It's time for them to walk through it and be the type of defensive lineman that this coaching staff, that these players, know they can be Uh, we've been needing some consistency from them and I think we've really seen that consistency from Greg Rousseau since he's been back on the field and healthy hopefully AJ Epinesa can start stacking games of consistency of being a force on that defensive line because the Bills are going to need it as they finish out the regular season Shaq Lawson had some fun plays so did Ed Oliver he had some pressure on some big plays that allowed Greg Rousseau to get a sack Daquan Jones as well um I was happy with the defensive line's performance yesterday. We're going to need that again. It was a cold and rainy day yesterday, and somebody earns your cold-blooded award. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Our cold-blooded award is going to none other than Tyler Bass for the two field goals that he had. I know one was 38 yards, but that second field goal that he had in the fourth quarter that extended the lead 20-7, to it was 49 yards out. At that point, the weather just looked really crappy out there. Rain, snow, it's not easy to kick in in those types of temperatures, that type of wintry mix. Uh, He didn't even flinch when he was back there. I feel like we as fans don't even flinch when he's about to kick a field goal. So it's great to have a weapon like that on your team in moments like that when you need him to answer, and he did. Yeah, it was. A, it, I thought it was a heroic kick, 49 yards in the weather conditions that he was facing. Uh, I thought it was enormous, particularly since it was one of those that really iced the game and put the really put the crimp on the Jets' mm-hmm. ability to come back and win it. That was, I thought it was a – you're right. You, it was a cold-blooded, cold-blooded kick, and he and he nailed it. Uh, your next one is the comeback kid award. Comeback kid, man, oh man, Matt Milano. This season, we could talk about that for the entire show, but this past week, he's out with a knee injury, misses pretty much the entire week of practices, was a limited participant on Friday's practice, and comes out to play. is is available for the game, is a part of the lineup, plays in this game, starts in this game, and is a complete force. Uh, He delivered some big, big hits that we saw in Mike White and other players. He led the defense with nine tackles, had a fumble recovery, two passes defense, and a quarterback hit. I mean, this kid is a national treasure. 
it's really hard probably to miss an entire week of practice and then be that much of a force in the game when when you've missed out on things. I know he's probably in meetings and all of that, but he was probably getting a lot of rehab this week and pouring a lot of his time into rehab. And he comes out and plays an incredible game and was a big part of this win in terms of what the defense was able to do. I mean... The Bills are – I say this about a, few, a lot of players on the team. The Bills are lucky to have him. Um, he's been a huge force on this defense this season. So, comeback kid. He came back from that injury, and he did that thing. We got anything else? What do we got on the uh, list? Is there one oh more? Yeah, there's we got around the league awards, too. We Steve. got a couple uh, more. Yeah, so Where do we want to uh, go next? Play of the game. Oh, yeah, this is Play good. of the game. This is just a, a fun little play that ended up becoming a really important play. <laughs> that fourth and one call that uh, Ken Dorsey dialed up. Dawson, was he sent Dawson in motion. They were trying to get the Jets to jump on fourth and one. And C.J. Mosley didn't just jump. He leapt. They got the Jets sleeping. They caught them off guard. And then that turned into a touchdown drive for the Bills. So a really important play there. Fun to see Dawson be a part of that. He said that was probably his favorite play that he was a part of in that game, <laughs> including the flipping touchdown. Yeah. That was awesome. So uh, good. Now we and, I, and I'm glad you did this. We went around the league, and he gave some awards for players at large that aren't necessarily Bills ga- players or Bill in the Bills games, but stories around the National Football League. This one, uh, play the game. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the Mr. Relevant. Mr. Relevant award. That's awesome. Let's hear it. He was Mr. Irrelevant, but I think him and Tom Brady changed names, so now Uh. Tom Brady is Mr. Irrelevant. Oops. And Brock Purdy is now Mr. Relevant for his performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you beat Tom Brady 35-7. to He had three total touchdowns in this game in his first start, completed 76% of his passes, the shots of his dad in the crowd that they went to after he scored a touchdown, after he had some big plays. His dad looked like he had some tears in his eyes. It was just adorable. Um, How can you not be on the Brock Purdy train right now? Who doesn't (laughs) love to see a Mr. Irrelevant become relevant uh, in the National Football League? Hopefully this is just the start for this kid, for this Iowa State quarterback. I mean, Give me a Brock Purdy jersey for Christmas. I'm yeah. I'm on it. Yeah, he had, and it's interesting too. He got hurt in the second series of this game mm-hmm. with an abdominal injury. Got us uh, and was getting tested today. Is uh, obviously not really serious because he played really well uh, throughout the game after he was injured. Um, but a little bit like Mike White, who bounced back. These young yeah, guys, shout out getting, to Mike White. These guys who are getting a chance to play unexpectedly. I think you're seeing in their w- unwillingness to come out or willingness to play through pain and suffering uh, how important these opportunities are to them. And, and man, they're making the most of it. It's yeah, good they're taking see. family photos there after the game. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, best catch award. And this is a kind of catch you don't see all that often. No, you do not see this all that often. It was uh, Terrence Marshall. So if you're uh, watching the Panthers game, you got to catch this, check this out. So it happened. Um, on second and nine in the third quarter, 
So ball's in the air, and Terrence Marshall is able to kind of catch this pass, but he... Sort of catch it. Sort of catch it. <laughs> it goes into it. his hands a little, and then he was able to maintain possession of the ball by it slipping into his legs, and he was able to hold on to it somehow in between his legs. So that goes for best catch. They ended up winning that game 30-24. to The Panther, Panthers are now 5-8 and eight and second in the NFC South. It was whoa, a quality whoa, win for whoa, them whoa, against whoa. the Seahawks. Quality win for them, for sure. Uh, All right, we wrap up with thanks for the charge. Thanks for the charge, Chargers. Way way to do the Lord's work out there. Beating (laughs) the (laughs) Dolphins (laughs) 23-17. Dolphins are now 8-5, and five, guys. The Bills have a two-game lead in the AFC East. Mike Williams for the Chargers was huge in this game. I know he was questionable heading into the game, but it was great to see him have a pretty big impact. Uh, Justin Herbert. He- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. He's back if people doubted him. Uh, on the national stage, threw for 367 yards. Tua, on the other hand, threw for 145 yards and completed only 35% of his passes. Justin Herbert, on the other hand, completed 76% of his passes. This was all about what the Chargers were able to do on defense. The defensive game plan that they had for the Miami Dolphins I thought was amazing with, with how they were able to limit them. Miami never had the lead. Uh, Miami did have a chance in the fourth quarter. It was 20-14 to 14 in the beginning of the fourth quarter uh, the Chargers had the lead uh, the Dolphins ended up punting on that possession that they had and then they did score a field goal later on in the fourth quarter but it was just too late they tried an onside kick it didn't work out for them yeah. game Tua over was, yeah. Chargers 17 win. passing at halftime I'll take that on Saturday night right and and Justin Herbert well, this was a huge flex game for him and there's and same I, draft class it's, Tua. it's yeah. said it's said a lot about guys uh, about the Chargers that uh, maybe no quarterback in the league is expected to be as heroic as Justin Herbert is because of the injuries that have happened to his receivers throughout mm-hmm. the year. His offensive line yeah. is an absolute train Not wreck. Not easy. And his defense has been riddled by injuries. So if the Chargers win, he has to be spectacular. And to this he point, uh, he's been spectacular more often than he has not been. All right. Nice job on this edition of the Maddies, Maddie. Uh, as we always say, we hope to see you a week from today. Five straight. Five straight. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that means we beat the Dolphins. I would love that. That is it for the Maddie Awards. Steve and I will take a break. Be back to close things up next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Time for Vision to Victory, presented by Atwall Eye Care, the official eye care provider of the Buffalo Bills. As far as I see... This was a victory spearheaded by Buffalo's defense. Um, 
they had it on lockdown the entire game. Mike White could not string plays together with any degree of regularity. Outside of the touchdown drive and the field goal drive by the Jets, they did not have another possession that gained more than 40 total net yards out of 13 total possessions. Yeah, the Bills' defense won this game for them. Certainly their offense put together a couple of drives. That's really was all it was going to take. Uh, the two field goals were unneeded. Um, they gave up 10 points defensively, and then, of course, the block punt for the safety, uh, which could have been even more catastrophic had the guy been able to cover it. But <clears throat> you give up 12 points to an NFL team, you should win. Uh, the Bills did. They, they scored enough points And only to win. 10 on defense <clears throat> they gave up. Right. And they scored 20. And this game, while you know, was within eight points at the end, much like other games we've seen from this team, it didn't feel that close. Yeah. Now, it could have been a – Anytime it's talking, a one-score game, you we get a little squirrely. We sh- we, you and I were talking just before we came back on. You hate to put your defense in having to get three stops – in the fourth quarter to close it out. You would like to see your offense be able to close it out a little better, but that was the story of this game. These two defenses went at it. This had nothing to do with Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and all these guys. This was a defensive struggle. Uh, sometimes those look ugly, and this one this one did for a long time. Yeah, Shaq Lawson said it after the game yesterday in the locker room. He said, we knew, and we took it upon ourselves going in, that our D-line had to play better than their D-line, and we would win the game. And I think you can make the argument that Buffalo's defensive line from start to finish was the more effective group than the Jets' D-line. Obviously, yeah. the injury to Quinn and Williams compromised the Jets' effectiveness in the fir- when he let out, left the game in the first half with the calf injury. But still in all, wire to wire, I would say the Bills' D-line had the better performance Absolutely. from start to finish. Absolutely. Think about it. The story of the game was Mike White getting whacked so many times he had to go get x-rays and and, left the game twice and battling back to good and when the backup came in he got whacked and coughed it up for a turnover uh yeah the bills defensive line absolutely uh beat up on whoever was taking snaps for the jets and mike white was the most notable recipient of it uh he was courageous and battled back but that was it was just too much uh the bills kept a lid on their weapons on the outside and held them to 10 points defensively. That's a big, big day for an NFL team, and the Bills uh, got the win because of it. And that win, coupled with the Dolphins' loss on Sunday night football, puts the Bills in the catbird seat this week. They can get a win over Miami on Saturday night. They will be three games clear of the Dolphins in the one-loss category. They will be 11-3, and and the Dolphins would fall to eight and six uh, with three games to play for both teams. Right. So you win this week, you put yourself in the driver's seat to take the division, yeah. and obviously you would still sit atop the conference because you're there right now. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. You win this game this week, you're not going anywhere for a few weeks, uh, and that's a good thing. That's a good spot to be in for the Bills. Big show tomorrow. We've got our colleague Alec White to tell us who to root for going into this week's set of games. And Armando Salguero will join us to talk Dolphins. And we'll have Bill's legend, Butch Roll, joining us. Big show. We'll see you at one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, 
or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 